Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're coming clean with you today. Well, more to the point, our Louise is coming clean. Hello. <laughs> clean as in shampoos and soaps <laughs> <laughs> and more besides she arrived in today with a box of stuff and talk about being a magpie you know what we're talking about on the show today I told you yesterday before we finished we're talking about the whole what would I call it I don't know what to call it but you know when you the go concept and- of taking momentum <clears throat> and souvenirs from somewhere you stayed and enjoyed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you couched that I'm brilliantly. I, I couldn't have done better myself. Well done to you. Thank yes, you very much. Taking souvenirs when you stay at a hotel, taking souvenirs away with you. Now, I will admit, uh, on hotel stays, <clears throat> I actually love to bring home maybe a little, you know, a little tub of the uh, bottle of the shampoo mm-hmm. with the hotel name on it or maybe a, a soap. But the shampoo and conditioner and things like that, I've certainly brought a few of those with me home in my time. But uh, our Louise has a treasure trove from <laughs> around the world of stuff that she has borrowed. Would you say you've borrowed it? Well, it'll never go back for sure. Do you, You've always done it, have you? You've always mm-hmm. taken something with you. Yeah. What have you got? Tell our listeners what you have. What have you? I have a few things. I have um, a shoe shine sponge. Try saying that very fast. Very from good. Seven Oaks Hotel in Carlow. I don't okay. even know if some of these are still open. That's all right. I have a sewing kit from Closer to Home, the Knightsbrook Hotel. I have <laughs> um, shampoo from Hotel Rex in Rome. I have soap from Hotel Mariano in Florence. Um, I have sewing kit from the Tower Hotel group, so I don't really that, know. That's a group, yeah. And then I have a slipper from the uh, <laughs> Colombo uh, in Sri Lanka. I have two slippers. I was going to say, it, is it Cinderella we're talking to today? Has she only one slipper? You have two slippers from it. W- would that be the height of it? More or less, have you ever taken a towel? Yes. You've taken a towel? Mm-hmm. Have you? Mm, really? Yes. Really? Anything bigger than that? No. Uh, what about... Um, bathrobes, no, because I couldn't fit them into my suitcase. And if you could, mm. would you have taken a bathrobe? <laughs> I'd have put them under my coat. <laughs> You'd have taken a bathrobe? <laughs> well, they're there to take. Well, I have to yeah, tell the listeners... I have to tell the listeners, it even gets worse with our Miss Louise Walsh. <laughs> it doesn't. She considered... She considered... 
Listen, folks, sit down. Take take a breath here. She considered a television at I was one stage. Joking. Tell- <laughs> I was I was down the country with two friends in Trilly or something, <laughs> and we had a heavy night, shall we say? And the next morning. We were packing up and we were, you know, bringing home all the night because we had such a lovely time in the hotel. So we wanted to remember it. So we were packing the shower caps and all of that. And um, I just started laughing. I said, "Mm -hmm. how do we get the telly out? (laughs) But I was joking. (laughs) Of course, we'd never get the telly out. I think it goes beyond magpie at this stage. <laughs> and I, th- I wouldn't touch like an iron or a kettle or anything, but stationery, yeah, and pens. And I think the guardian are listening in at the moment and <laughs> taking, taking, taking note. They'll be up for but a statement. they're there to take those things. Not mm. Obviously not the telly or the kettle or the, that, but sure, gel and, and slippers. Like nobody's going to use your slippers again in case you've Veruca or athlete's mm. foot or, you know. And what about the mini bar? Do you ever raid the mini bar? Yeah, but I paid for it. Yeah, of course. You couldn't get away with that. There's no, no way. <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, soaps and, and shower gels and, and shampoos would be mine. But I did once, only ever once, I was staying at a hotel and I took <clears throat> <laughs> a salt and pepper grinder. You know, the grinders. Oh, I mean, Jerry. the grinders. Not I took, so innocent now, are you? <laughs> I took a salt grinder and a pepper grinder and I had them for years because... We wouldn't. We had the old things that you'd, yeah. you know, hammer and they'd be yeah. stuffed with the pepper and salt. And when I saw these, I slipped them on the table and on my way home, I, I, I had, I borrowed them. And anyway, that's that. Candlesticks. Would be, would be the, people take candlesticks. You know the nice little candlesticks that you can. You know. Folks, is it something you've ever done in your time uh, on a stay over anywhere? What have you taken? Have you taken anything bigger than we're talking about or smaller? Are we missing something here? Let us know. We want to hear from you and we won't reveal who you are. We're not reporting it to anybody. It's a bit of fun this afternoon and late. That's 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp text number 086-1800-658 or 0419832000 if Even you want to call saucers in. saucers or, you know, yeah. passes. Yeah, all adds up. You know, because you're you're down having your meal or whatever. I have to say though, some of these places, you know, the way I've you know shampoos to remember the lovely hotels. (laughs) Some of the hotels can't remember staying in at all. (laughs) 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 At this stage, they're so old. There's one coming already, Imelda. Thank you. Small shower bottles are so handy for your next trip to the hotel. There you go. So Melda rationalising like that, that Why she's taking Why would you bring them, them back? Because you just don't take ask ones, me. take more. <laughs> don't ask Somebody me. Somebody even said that they take home the half-used ones. I'd leave them there and take the full <laughs> take ones Take the full home. ones. I always take the... So- Did you mention a sewing kit? Yeah, oh There's yeah, Jenny brilliant. there. I always take home the sewing kits mm. uh, when I go to hotels. Keep them coming. Let us know what you've uh, rifled, stolen, borrowed. Uh, what was? The, what did you say at the beginning there? Uh, that creative term you used... Just taking a souvenir. Souvenir. If you souvenirs from. Of the lovely stay. Yeah, of your lovely <laughs> stay in the hotels. You can remember it. Well, you know, with this in mind, we thought, who would we have a chat with that would know who has long experience in the hotel business? And of course, a name came to mind because she was. She visited us here in uh, LMFM's late lunch before we were locked down and had no visitors, which we haven't had for over two years now at this stage. She is the accommodation services manager with the Hastings Hotel Group and she was 
was based I'll just check her I'm really sure she is at the lovely Stormont Hotel in Belfast and she's been in the business for over 40 years with the company Phil McCartan hello again Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, Phil, your ears must be shot. You must be. I, I thought you'd be gone. I thought you'd have hung up at this stage when you heard about our Louise. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Louise. I love the word souvenirs. That <laughs> Thank is absolutely you. fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's really good. No, I remember that now. one. I have to remember that one. Yeah. Phil, yeah. tell us yeah. this in your 40 years. Just as an, as an aside, and I know the last few years have been such a challenge with all that's gone on in the world, but did, over your time, has it got worse, the pilfering? Well, probably the last two years has been very, very quiet, yes. you know, mm. but um, we noticed it has started going back up again. And we, we love people taking the souvenirs, the body wash and the shampoo and all the spa products. That's that's not an issue and taking your, your soap home and all with you. Right. And we do lovely little ducks as well, the Hastings ducks. And yes. that helps you relieve your executive stress. But it's the other weird things that people take, you know. Uh, it's like the pillow protectors and, um, you know, the liners for the inside of the bathroom bins. We've had a few of those gone missing. No way. It's like that. It's things like that which we don't understand why yes. people would want, want something like that. And curtain hooks <laughs> and bedside... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Really, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> <Curtains, laughs> they take the hooks out of the curtains. I don't believe it. Out of the curtains, yes. And the other one um, we were counting up was the bedside lamp, but the bulbs. Ah, oh, go now, away. Was... Go no. away. Did you? I don't know how they get them home because you'd be so afraid they'd break yes. on the way home. Yes. You know, but uh, it is a weird, it's a weird uh, collection that people are actually taking at the moment. Mm, isn't that something else? What about the bigger ticket items that we mentioned there? You know, like bed clothing itself, pillows, uh, you know, your shower, uh, the robe you wear showering or whatever. Does the stuff like that walk? Well, well, they would actually say to you, coming out, I'm going to take the pillows with me, but I haven't got a, my suitcase is not big enough. Yes. So uh, yes. they would joke like that. Yeah, there, yeah. But you wonder, you wonder sometimes, would they take it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, not so many uh, people are travelling with smaller luggage now. I think that's the, the, the problem. And they can't get the robes in and they can't get the pillows in or the cushions. Yes. Cushions, you know, they would take the smaller cushion. Right. And, uh, yeah, things like that there. But it, it's hard. It's very hard to tell, you know, what the trend is. Yeah, yeah. It's a minute for, 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 for people to take things. <laughs> oh, you know, my. Oh, my. You but, know. you know, you, so, so the, from, from your end of things and the hotel business side of things, the shampoos, the soaps, the things like that, not an issue at all. You understand that? That's not part and parcel. That's, but when it goes beyond that, God, it must... To go into a room and the bulb is gone from the bloody uh, lamp. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one is really strange. We do know, like, bulbs are quite expensive to buy, you yeah. know, outside in the supermarkets and things. But, I mean, it, it, it's strange. It yes. is. They are, they are. They are strange items that I would love to know why people would want it, you know, mm. really. Mm. What about and, things and, like... And, go on, go on. I was going to say there, they take the batteries from the remote controls as well. <laughs> go on. Oh, Phil, you're pulling me leg. 
No, I'm not. I'm absolutely that that one. Now that one actually probably annoys you more because you go to turn the TV on. It's nothing. It's not working. Nothing. You have no batteries in it. Jesus, you're after actually giving, <laughs> giving me a light bulb put, moment. And <laughs> even put the cover back on it again. So uh, you don't know, I, switch it on. You know something? I'm just, I'm just thinking about the last time I was away, and that must have been the issue. I was getting no kick out of the motor, and it never crossed me bloody mind to check it. The batteries were probably gone. What about sheets, bed clothing and that? You lose any there? Oh, is that something? No, pill- pillow protectors now is a big thing yeah, okay. as well. Because, okay. uh, we, you know, and then uh, you have your pillow, your pillow protector, you know, until they probably left the building and mm. uh, they, they, they've gone as well. Things like that. Sheets and things, not really, you're not really an issue at the moment. Yeah. What <laughs> about you, you, never, you never know. You never know. You never know is right. What about the hairdryer and the clothes iron that's provided in rooms of that? They're, they're, they're safe, are they? They never disappear. Very rarely would they go. Yeah. Um, sometimes they actually might pack the wrong hairdryer. They might take ours and leave theirs behind. But that can be a mistake you yes. know, on their behalf. Yeah. But the irons, no, no. I think they're too, um, unless you've got a car or you're traveling, you know, sort of um, by car and, and to take those things. Yeah. And, and but, tell uh, me this. You know, did you ever, you know, stop somebody? Or was anybody ever caught on the way out where the contraband they shouldn't have belonged to the hotel? Well, sometimes they call me Miss Marple at work, you know, because I think I know that person's back again and we, we need to keep an eye on them. Well, what are they going to take this time? I, I don't know. I think um, I, I think you just have to leave it. I think uh, if it was a television or something, yeah. yes, we definitely would be. Um, mm. We would we'd follow it up. You know, there's cameras and things about you could trace that one. Yes. But the other things, we don't mind, you know, okay. anything that's... Uh, is a souvenir. Yes. I'm delighted to take. The small ticket <laughs> items we're talking about. Are there things, on the other hand, Phil, that you'd love people to take home with them? Well, especially when they use something, especially a bar of soap. Mm. Um, you know, once it's used, um, that has a big issue at the moment due to recycling and bars and soap and things. So we would love them to take that home with them. Yes. And so on. And um, if. A lot of, especially ladies, use uh, face cloths to take off their fake tan and makeup. You know, th- that has to go yeah. to uh, recycling. You can't reuse items like that. So if, if you could take that home with it and wash it and reuse it at home, we would delight it. Yeah. But, but and yeah, in, a general, in a general sense, Phil, can we say with confidence that... It's the exception rather than the rule. Most people, you know, go enjoy their stay, take the little souvenirs, but that that's where it ends for the majority. Is that a fair comment? I, I would think so, yes, I would. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. We, we, we'll get the the other side, you know, about 10% that'll go for sort of really weird things. And again, we just don't understand. We yeah. Don't understand why, and and what about your restaurant? You know, I mentioned the salt and pepper dispensers there, uh, the grinders and that. Does the restaurant lose, you know, cutlery, stuff like that? Yeah, I think teaspoons is their biggest headache. Is it? Uh, yeah. And also there's a little miniature salt and pepper for the room service trays. And, and they would go missing. Um, they also do a little miniature uh, glass bottle for milk mm. and that would be another item that would go missing as well. well little things, something that you could put into your handbag or into your pocket, <laughs> you yes. know, 
Yeah, that'll go. Ah, interesting indeed. Phil, listen, you've been a star. I know you're on your day off. I thank you for joining us again and wish you well. You're a fantastic woman. Lovely. Delighted to talk to you. Have a good day. You too. Take care, Phil. Bye-bye. That's lovely Phil McCartan there from the beautiful Stormont Hotel in Belfast. And there you you have it. There you have it. Louise, what do you think of what Phil says there? No big issue with the shampoos and that. She'd be delighted if I went up there and took some things home. <laughs> Let me think about that one for a moment. <laughs> Keep the comments coming. We love them. 086-1800-658. Have you taken, have you borrowed, have you a souvenir, as our Louise likes to call it, from a hotel stay recently or in the past? Listen to this. This is Lisa. Yes, I do. And I keep it for my hampers for the homeless. Shampoo and all that stuff. Isn't that a nice thought? And yeah. as you heard, Phil there. No issue with that at all. I love this one, Louise. Louise, I love this one. Towels, Jerry. Did it on me last trip with me ma. She gave out to me. She only then realised why we had so many towels at home, as we <laughs> always took them with us, says Maria. Have you a I couple there as one. well? Yeah, you have. Yeah, I have one that said, um, uh, Lorraine says, the ice bucket followed us home. Followed. F- followed. Followed. Yeah. Somebody else said, I thought it was only an urban myth that people took things from the hotel. Uh, uh, no, no, whoever oh. you are. It's not an urban myth. It is a fact and we are seeing it here and we're seeing the message coming in. Somebody else said they took a gravy boat home. Yeah, that's a that's a bigger ticket item than the, sh- the mm. soap and the shampoos, and isn't somebody it? Somebody here is admitting to a kettle. A ke- oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, shame on you. A kettle. I mm. heard of somebody who took the receiver off the phone. <laughs> They won the answer. What would be the point? <laughs> well, they're obviously maybe their own was broken. I don't know. <laughs> what would be the point? I remember. Yeah, I told that story. Um, myself and a, a fella called Donald Sexton taking the receiver off from a telephone box, an AB box at the time, <laughs> and there was no phone then for anyone. To, there was the only phone in the place in the in, in, on the street. Well, why would you do something like that? He wanted to set up a phone system in his house, <laughs> <laughs> and he wired it up. It worked in the house. It did. It did many moons many many moons ago Island of Saints and Scholars me backside (laughs) Island of Rogues and Thieves led by Miss Louise Walsh let me say (laughs) Memory Catchers Jerry Island of Memory Catchers (laughs) Don't try to dress it up in in, in half decent terms Look at this Look at the amount of people who do Nigel Hello to Nigel McKenna in New York City listening to us Nigel's just hung the wife out to dry (laughs) Just hung around. But I like what she does. Do you? Yeah, espresso Espresso cups. Mm. Nigel's wife picks up an espresso cup most places. She goes, he says to us. I'll tell you one thing, you'll be getting the espresso thrown over you this evening (laughs) when you arrive home for sure. Uh, Jerry. Conditioner for you. What are you talking about? Now, there's somebody really <laughs> slagging me. There's somebody really slagging me. Is it for Messi? <laughs> My Labrador. Could be indeed. Pillows. Look at that. A lot of pillows. A lot of people taking pillows. I'll tell you, you have a friend in crime, Miss Louise Walsh. Margaret, listen to this. Teapots, coffee pots, sewing kits. Glasses, shower gel, <laughs> cuddly toy. <laughs> it's a generation game with Margaret. It surely is. <laughs> uh, Angela said she took a pillow, Jerry, I have to admit, but it's the most comfortable pillow I've ever had. I couldn't leave it behind me, she says. <laughs> I couldn't do the pillow. I'd be afraid to 
Would you? Yeah, I couldn't. Would you? I'd be afraid to have a look at the actual pillow. Really? In case, you know, there was anything on it. Yeah, and uh, let me see. There's another one there. Where is it? Let me go. Uh, Frank, I always take the shower caps to cover the soles of my shoes or runners before packing. God only knows what's on them. And you're putting in with the clean clothes. Oh, I see. That's the idea to use the shower caps there. To hygiene, Frank is on the on the on the warpath there with Orlis to Siobhan. Remember, you packed my suitcase full of hotel contents. Orlis just hung Siobhan as well, <laughs> or sent her down down the Swanee with that one. But my God, you know that's people. Look at that. Hi guys, I took a wooden hanger about twenty years ago to hold my daughter's dancing costume. I still have it. <laughs> ah, isn't that oh, an innocent? That's that's, a, that's lovely yeah. and that's a real I think innocent. a lot of it is for the crack as well yes you know go on take it I dare you yeah afternoon yeah. Jerry. I took shampoos conditioners slippers dressing gown uh, my fascination is glasses oh before I, I if I can see an unusual shape of a glass I have to have them I just have to have them. <laughs> I know someone who took pillows but replaced them with pillows from pennies. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, there they were in a luxury hotel with their heads and pillows from pennies and then paying a, a top dollar for it. Keep them coming to us. Your stash from hotel trips. 086-1800-658. We're going to be joined by Liz Carlin after two. News at two. She's a litter picker but on the way to two. Top of the hour. Van Morrison. When it's not always raining, there'll be days like this. A relative of mine, Jerry, always takes her own pillow with her because she can't sleep on hotel pillows. She was stopped leaving with her own pillow and was mortified. You see, each room is allocated with, we'll say, two towels, etc. And they count towels, pillows, etc. And when they checked her room... (laughs) There was no pillow missing. And they were so apologetic. (laughs) Just shows you, doesn't it? Isn't that gas altogether, bringing your own pillow with you? Somebody else there sending me a picture of... What is this? Oh, yes. Uh, Brought this all the way from Malaga. It was a must-come-home-with-me, says a, a listener, Malibu. And it's... What is it? It's like a... Is it a fruit bowl or something there? You can have a look at that. Louise will tell me a little bit later on what that is there. Um, There's another one there came to us as well. Uh, Hi, I took a large, long pepper grinder. I won't name the restaurant locally a few years back and had it stuck down me trousers. Now, you can only imagine, Jerry, what people perhaps were thinking. Such embarrassment. Uh, And more recently, uh, in fact, last week, I uh, took home a salt and pepper grinder from another prominent local restaurant. Oh, I'd say you're on the camera. (laughs) I'd say they have you on the cameras. (laughs) Uh, hopefully not, hopefully not. Thank you indeed. Keep them coming to us. Your stashes from your hotel stays. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I have to say, I have the greatest admiration for people I see out litter picking. And there are people in our communities and in towns and villages who do this on a regular basis. And they're totally committed to it. And one of those people is joining me now because she's responsible for the beautification of Dooley. Liz Carlin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, listen, I, I, I want to get into litter pickers' minds. How did you get involved in this a few years back? What, what started this all off? Well, for me, it was uh, 
during the lockdowns not there, I suppose, um, I noticed an increase of rubbish around the streets, so there's obviously more people at home. Um, and I suppose I was also a little bit lonely and isolated being at home, and it was a great way to get out in the fresh air and meet people in the community and help out. So that's how it was started me about just over a year ago. Isn't that great? So lockdown really inspired you to get out and get going there. Um, yeah. Who who picks with you? What what's the age range of people who go picking? It is it is it a a middle age thing, an older age thing, or what? Um. Well, the majority of our lifters will actually be in their seventies, but we do have one girl who is thirteen and comes out every week that are picking with us. Good honour. So it, it it spans the ages, but generally people who move on in age are, are really great at it yeah. and committed to it. How often yeah. do you go picking? Um, the majority of our volunteers are out every week, consistently uh, out on a Saturday, but there are others that will go out during the week. We're very fortunate in Delete that we're supported by the TUSC programme and we've two wonderful workers there that help us out every morning. They're out little picking for us as well. Okay, so there's a real commitment to it in or around the village there. Do yeah. you come across the same type of stuff all the time? Um, well, it can be. It's mostly coffee cups and bottles of drinks and cans of monster and things like that and two bin, two bags, sorry, and things like that. But we also do come across, unfortunately, like some little nitrous oxide silver bullet things, and um, they're. They contain nitroglycerin, and, and uh, young people inhale them. I think to um, get a high. Mm. Uh, so unfortunately, we get that there. But we also get you know, a lot of um, bags of rubbish out some of our country lanes. Not there. Like at one stage last week, we, last year, we took seventeen bags of um, of rubbish out of a, it was only a couple hundred yards. Oh, people just discarding their domestic refuse in black bags full. Not necessarily full. Um, the handies were full. They were emptied all out. Um, <sighs> you could get anything from uh. old nappies, um, people's old food, um, clothes. It's an amazing amount of people that come out and dump clothes, and there's clothes bins around that'd be looking for them. Yeah. Or people emptying huge amounts of cans and bottles again that could be put into a recycling centre. Recycled, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you ever come across documentation that can identify people that you can pass on to the litter wardens? Unfortunately we haven't. Now in fairness we were doing a big one last year, we didn't go mm. through it. It was a case of just get this done. Yes. But I know in recent times in uh, Garbla um the lady there who has been They've been plagued with uh, bags of domestic rubbish plants and they have actually found a little more and I do believe they've gotten some documentation there. Good, good. I'd like to hear mm-hmm. that because if you can yeah. identify, but then people are cute. They do their best to make sure there's nothing oh, yeah. there uh, to to identify them. Do you never, like, you know, you're at this every week and with your group as well and you go back out and here it is again, the same stuff and people just having no concern. Did you mention um, dog litter bags? You know, where people pick oh, up the poo and just yeah. then don't take them home with them. Is that a feature of it? That was a huge feature. That was a huge feature, especially uh, last year. Everybody got dogs. It came to the, um, we installed, as part of the League Revival Program, we installed a dog poo bin and one of the volunteers empties that um which is not a very pleasant job. But yeah, yeah. I, I, again, as you go around, people have tried to hang dog poop bags out of trees and they're not a decoration. It's your dog. Pick it up, bring it home. 
Isn't that know? just the pits to hang? You know, having yeah. why did the like? Well, they, everybody should pick it up. I was going to say something there. Why did they bother? You have to bother, and you must pick it up. But when you do the first part of it, it's just the easiest thing to carry it with you and bring it, bring it home and dispose of it properly. Absolutely, I think that's dis- that's really disgusting, and it is to 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 leave it behind you. But you know what I'm saying? You know, the coffee cups, the bottles, the cans, all this type mm. of stuff. That that's just. N- it's relentless, you know. Only can you imagine what the place would be like if you guys didn't do what you do? Oh, absolutely! Like it, it is. Uh, yes, it can. I suppose it can get very, very disheartening, and maybe. But there's something very um, meditative about litter picking. It's your satisfaction. It's mindful. You're, you're picking it up, and you can see a result. Mm. So your action has has a very clear, defined result for you. Um, and it's a community thing as well. You're walking around, people are talking to you, you get to meet people. So, but yeah. it, it's not for, it isn't for everybody. Yeah, but there are many positives, as you say. You're out in the open air. You've yes. you have a new group of friends that you know now. It's a social thing as well. Absolutely. But, but you you put your finger on it there. It's like you know you go at something. Maybe your house needs a big clean up or something, or you need to do something with your garden. And you do, that satisfaction. You get that that buzz. You get it every time when you when you finish. Most yeah, I do, and um, it's actually wonderful when because most of the, the ladies that are doing it with us on a Saturday and that they're they're in their seventies. They're lovely. I have to give a shout out to Mary, Katrina, and Marisha and Sean every Saturday and Monday. We see them and just seeing them and having to chat with them and the buzz they get out of it. And they, they, Marisha and Mary were saying to me last week how it is. They see it as a social thing. They just take off a little walk around the village. They're picking up a little and they're meeting pe- people around that they may not have met yeah. in years. They may not have met otherwise if they hadn't got that reason to leave the house. So, that, so that's great yeah. as well. Mm. Um, what about um, the whole uh, thing of trying to get into the minds of people who consistently do this. As somebody who tidies up on the other side, where, where are we falling down? Why why hasn't the message, and there's been campaigns, and we talk about it here on radio, you'll see it on TV, this raises its head periodically. What, what's wrong? Where are we falling down? Personally, I, I thought people just don't care. I don't know if cases they don't know that they should. Mm. Um, they don't feel it's their responsibility. Um, I'm 42. When I was in primary school, they ran um, a campaign. I can remember having this little cardboard badge that I was like a litter patroller or something. And I was so proud of that. And I think maybe we're missing out on catching kids that they have this point and they should know that it's not right. You should not throw them. It's your responsibility to take it home. Yeah. So you no, think, it, and you firmly believe, it's got to begin uh, in this, you, you do say the schools is a good area, primary school and on beyond that, to drum this into children. I absolutely do. Um, I would think a lot of the rubbish that we pick up would be maybe from, not from children, from maybe people mm. in, younger people. Mm. Um, you know, because there's, there's not many older people going around drinking bottles of you know, monster or whatever. Yes. Those kind of drinks. You know, you know, but the kind yes. of rubbish you're picking up, the brands mm. you're picking up, it is a younger person's um, uh, refuge. So it's, it's, I do think it's a, we do need to you know, somehow get it drummed into younger people. Yeah. It's not. Yes, but it's it. saying that there we have, it, our Danico Revival, we run um, a youth programme during the summer and it's been very, very successful. Yeah. Uh, where, Youth come down, they volunteer with us and they litter pick and they weed and they 
rush the streets and then they get their lunch at the end of it and they really enjoy that there. So, you know, we are doing something about it in Jamaica. Mm, good on you, good on you. But uh, as you can say, you can nearly identify the demographic from the yeah. rubbish you're picking up. Isn't that interesting that, that you do? And uh, as an aside, I think I mentioned it here, it's coming into LMF, I think it was last week or the week before, uh, before the break in the schools and the students from St. Oliver's were all over the place here, like a swarm yeah. and, you, you know, they were working <laughs> on the litter, you know, pick up. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's good to see. You know, that really is good to see. And I commend the, the school for that. Anyway, there are very many things to recommend litter picking, Liz. Yes, absolutely. Like, it, it's it's a great way to get out and know your community. Mm. And, you know, it has a feel-good factor at the end of it for you. For you so. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. Absolutely. Listen, I just wanted to talk to uh, a litter picker of renown today. And you are, and you've developed your social circle. And you have the place... Uh, really lovely out there and as I said but for you we can only imagine what it would be like congratulations to you and all your friends there for your commitment to and to all people who go out and pick litter right across the northeast in Meath and Loud well done to you all you're doing a great service Liz thanks for joining me today thank you very much thanks for having me take care yourself bye bye that's Liz Carolyn there Dog dirt in those little bags hanging off trees. Cop yourselves on. Come on. If you've anything to say about what we're talking about or anything else on the show today, don't forget the usual numbers. 0419832000 is the phone number if you want to call in. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Uh, short break on late lunch and we're going back to the uh, the hotel rifling we've been talking about on the show today. Yes, souvenirs from hotels. They have been uh, picked up all around the country and beyond by you. Now we're going to have a, a wee laugh about this. Uh, comedy is usually on Friday on late lunch. And I will have your comedy on Friday, I promise you. But we decided today to dip into Friends. And on the theme of taking from a hotel. You see, uh, in this excerpt from the wonderful uh, long-running series, Ross and Chandler make a six-hour journey to a hotel in Vermont. But when they arrive, they have no reservation. What are they going to do? But there is a room available, a very prestigious room, at a price. The boys, however, are determined to get value for money. Hi, Chandler Bing. I have a reservation. Oh, welcome to the Chesson Inn, Mr. Bing. So where are you joining us from? New York. The Big Apple. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's a little bit wound up. We had to stop at every maple candy stand on the way here. I ate all my gifts for everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Bing, there's no record of your reservation in the computer. Well, that's impossible. Can you check again, please? Check again, please. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not here. Not there. (laughs) Let me get this straight. I called yesterday to try to cancel my reservation, was told it's not refundable. Then we drove six hours all the way up here, and now you're telling me that we don't have a reservation? I don't know what to say. She doesn't know what to say. Just give us the cheapest room you have. Well, unfortunately, the only thing we have available is our deluxe suite. The rate is $600. That's insane. It is totally insane. Dude, let's drive home. We'll hit all the maple candy stores on the way back. And if, if they're closed, then maybe we'll, we'll tap a tree and make some ourselves. Does that room have a closet I can lock him in? We'll take it. Totally ripping us off. Three hundred dollars each. Each. I'm your date. <sighs> so I pay for everything and have no sex. Ah, uh, life before Monica. <laughs> Dude, don't worry 
about it. I know how we can make your money back. This is a nice hotel, you know, plenty of amenities. We just load up on those, like those apples. Instead of taking one, um, I take six. Great, at $100 an apple, we're there. Come on, you, you get the idea. You know, we'll make our money back in no time. Dude, you're shaking. I think it's the sugar. Could you hold the apple? <laughs> Hi, this is Ross Geller in Suite 206. Um, I seem to have forgotten a couple of things. Could, could you have some complimentary toiletries sent up to my room? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, razor, mouthwash, deodorant, dental floss, band-aids, shaving cream, aftershave. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, is there anything else you, you have that I haven't asked for already? Yeah, go ahead, set up some tampons. What'd you get? USA Today. Nice, put it with the others. And I also got two more apples. We're four short of a bushel. God, I feel so alive. I love being in the country. I also got these great salt and pepper shakers from the restaurant. Oh, that's not cool. Dude, none of this is cool. Chandler, you, you have to find the line between stealing and, and taking what the hotel owes you. Um, for example, a hair dryer, no, no, no. But shampoos and conditioners, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now, the, the salt shaker is off limits, but the salt? I wish I'd thought this through. I think I get what you mean, though. Like, the, the lamp is, uh, is the hotel's, but the bulbs... Oh, you, you already got that. Not my first time in a hotel, my friend. Okay, uh, how about this? No, 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 you can't take the remote control. Yes, but the batteries. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Ooh, let's, let's celebrate with some maple candy. No! <laughs> At least tell me where you hit it. Here's your copy of the bill. We hope you enjoyed your stay. Oh, we did. And you still have all your lamps. <laughs> what? Well, factor in the room tax. Oh, dude, don't worry about it. Uh, I found an unattended maid's car. We're way ahead of the game. <laughs> oh, my God. What? There's, there's something new in the bowl. Look, we have enough. Just walk away. No, but I, I want, I want the pine cones. There's a forest right outside. It's not the same. No, look, she's gonna see us. No, she won't. I'm, I'm sly. Okay, go quick. Go, go! <laughs> Thank you for a delightful stay. Absolutely brilliant, yes. Uh, sums up what we've been talking about on the show today. Ross and Chandler there filling their case and at the end there the bloody case opens at reception and everything spills out all over the floor. Listen to this one from a late lunch listener today. Hi Jerry, a group of us were in this hotel and as a 17 year old you're very 
innocent. I took two glasses, a small cherry one and small wine, brought them home and showed them to my mother. Well, I got such a dressing down that years after I was in the same hotel and I brought them back and left them on the toilet window. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks to my mother, a great lesson, says Rose. Oh, God, you're too honest altogether. Would they have missed them? Well, your conscience is clear. That is for sure. About the uh, litter pickers, I think it all starts at the mother's knee. That's uh, where it begins uh, regarding education uh, and not littering, says John. I think, Jerry, there should be a national day of litter picking so that everyone could get out and pick uh, from their house and on their street, etc. If everyone did that for even an hour, the place would look so much better. Thanks indeed for your comments. Keep them coming to 086-1800-658. Tomorrow is Daffodil Day. And uh, shortly on late lunch, we'll be joined by Antoinette Britton. Husband, our wife, should I say, of the late Brian Britton, well-known businessman in this neck of the woods. And she has a story, I can tell you, to tell us. But taking us towards our next break on this Thursday afternoon on late lunch. Yes, have patience. I should take this song on board. It's Take That. Just have a little patience. Tomorrow is Daffodil Day and it's a day that's always been close to my heart. I've been involved with them directly for a number of years, uh, many moons ago, and I've always been a great supporter. And it's great to uh, know that this year the Daffodil Sellers will be out and about again because the last couple of years, well, the restrictions prevented that. The, the monies that go to the Cancer Society uh, make its way down into all of our communities and the help they give families is just invaluable. And one of those families was the Britton family. And Brian Britton, a uh, man well known in this neck of the woods, a long-time executive with Goodman International, was the recipient of their services before his passing three years ago on the 20th of February, just gone by. Now to coincide with Daffodil Day, his wife Antoinette has decided to publish memories from the 16 months he spent fighting cancer. And she joins me on the line. Hello, Antoinette. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to have you with me today on the show. Uh, just to tell you, I met Brian in a different capacity in life in a couple of times uh, when he was that high-flying executive. He was a lovely man, Antoinette. Oh, listen, he was, well, he was my husband, so <laughs> <laughs> um, he was he was an amazing person. Um, yeah, Brian had many facets. Um, he used to always joke that he, he was a Gemini so he had two sides. I think he had about 25 sides, to be honest. But anyway, <laughs> we used to humor him and just say he only had two. But yeah, he, he was he was a unique person. All right. Yeah, he was great. Great. Person. He was great indeed. Now, look, let's go back uh, to the time when he got the diagnosis first. Tell us about that. That was what? About what is it, 15 to 18 months before he died, was it? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, he, he got a, a very good diagnosis initially because it was kind of preliminary tests and um, albeit we knew that he had a blood cancer it was going to be very very manageable and that he would you know he really would ha- have a good standard of life and and really his life wouldn't be cut short. Um, unfortunately um, in November 2016 he, he felt unwell. We were actually in Italy at the time and um, when I phoned his consultant in St. James's, um, he said further tests had come through. He wasn't surprised at my phone call and that 
Brian actually was an awful lot worse than than what was initially thought. So, um, yeah, so he basically got a terminal diagnosis at that point. And you decided, or he decided, just tell us how that came about, that, that each day, through whatever number of days he would live for, that he would commit to writing memories and and uh, uh, stuff like that. Tell us about that time. Well, interestingly, Brian always kind of thought of other people. He, he was a very positive person and he certainly, um, he, he loved to write down his thoughts or, to, you know, he, he, he was a pretty deep thinker. So it handled, handling it by doing the diaries or, or by, by doing the writing, um, there's an awful lot of stuff, very interesting you don't have any idea how you're going to react to a situation unless you're in it. Um, and his way of dealing with it, and indeed my way of dealing with it as his wife as well, um, we would write down a lot of our thoughts and basically journal them. And that helped us deal with stuff that we really couldn't talk to each other about and maybe that we probably couldn't even handle ourselves. Mm. Um and it, it it worked for us. And, and we, we also didn't want the cancer and the terminal diagnosis to take over our lives, albeit, you know, we were going to St. James's three days a week, every week. Um, but basically, we wanted to just discuss the illness between 11 and 11.30 in the morning. Mm. And even if you had a question about it, which obviously we had loads of questions in our heads and loads of things we, we wanted to talk about, um, basically, we'd only handle it between 11 and 11.30. And if you had something, you'd write it down and we'd discuss it the next day between 11 and 11.30. <laughs> so <laughs> Brian's way of being organised and being the businessman yes. right through his entire illness. Um, that really, you know, and, and if I even went to say it maybe half six in the evening if I was sitting down for a dinner or something, I'd go, no, no, we can talk about it tomorrow between 11 and half 11. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. Um, shut up, Antoinette. <laughs> You're not allowed to discuss this any further but you know it did work Jerry because it didn't take over our lives and um, you know we, we, we really I suppose in many respects dealt with the illness and dealt with with all the emotion and the fear and the anxiety and all the things that go with it mm. um, really like a business in many respects and yes. that helped us to deal with it because you could really let it take over your life yes. and we'd still had a number of months where thankfully his chemo worked very very effectively from basically from January 2017 right through to November 2017 and mm. um, his chemo was great and he, he did really really well and he was back working um, and he was we went on seven trips abroad to all the places that we kind of really really liked we wanted to go back to and um, he did really, really well. So, you know, it, it was even though it was always there, and you know, you kind of you know it's there. Again, the diaries helped with that as well because all the fears you could write down in the diary and just kind of go on with life as if it was mm. as normal as it could be. So, yeah, so it helped us cope really well with. The, the pressure we were under at the time. Yes, and one of those trips, I have to mention it because I've been there to Ravello in Italy and I have to say it's heaven on earth. And you renewed your vows there. We got married there actually yeah. in 2006. Did you? Um, yeah. So God. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a lovely trip and you know, yeah, it was great. And again, when we were there, I mean, the term, and it was very close to Brian, like if that was November, October, November 2017, and he died February 2018. 
So we, we never mentioned cancer on that trip at all. I mean, we didn't talk about this is our last time. We're never going to be back here. Nothing. It was just we enjoyed every moment of it. And I know that privately we had our own thoughts. But, um, yeah, it was lovely. It was really nice. And it was great that we had the opportunity to do it as well. I mean, yes. we were really lucky that his health was mm. well enough to, to, to thoroughly enjoy it. Mm. Now, it's three years and you're now making... Four years, Jerry. Four, four God, years. God almighty, yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, four, right. indeed. God, I, I'm yeah. confused myself with the last couple. It's been just uh, so topsy, oh, topsy. But four years, yes, four years. And and you, you you would look back on these diaries now and you're making them public. Well, we, 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 we have um, we have given the, the information to the Irish Cancer Society who are absolutely, as a family, indebted to... Um, because we used their services, and I mean that's obviously the reason why I'm with you this morning or this afternoon, telling telling Brian's story. Um, yeah, I mean Brian wanted to help other people, and he he basically said, "How can I help other people?" Well, it's really by giving them our experience, and you know it might work for some people, it might not work for other people. I mean, every, everyone's different, mm. um, but it really was to kind of look at the tools to help you to live on a day-to-day basis as best as you can live that life with something as horrendous as a terminal diagnosis. Because, I mean, I didn't live in Brian's body. I mean, I don't know how horrendous it was for him. And it was only when I actually read his diary and I only actually looked at his diary and read it on his first anniversary. And I thought, today I'm actually going to read what Brian was thinking and being the totally selfless person that he always was all his life, it was all about myself and the three children. Mm. And basically, you know, how we were going to live without him and how were we going to cope. And, you know, he talked about the stress it was on me, that he felt so bad that he was actually, you know, putting this stress on me and how was I going to live on my own and all of this sort of stuff. And there really was only maybe a very, very short paragraph or two here and there where he'd say I'm petrified I I can't believe this is happening to me Mm. and he never ever expressed that to us at all I think during that time he really kept it he was he was quite stoic and and obviously this was his way of channeling how he was actually feeling because again in that circumstances I mean I didn't want to upset Brian with how emotional I was and he certainly didn't want to do it with me either. So it was just, it's, it's, you know, it's just you're living with someone 24-7 and it's, it's just hard to, it's hard to describe um, because you really are on autopilot. And I was very fortunate because um, I actually contacted the Gary Kelly Centre and, I mean, they do magnificent work in Drogheda. They're absolutely fabulous. And um, I was able to get counselling and, and to, to really have professional external person that I could talk to um, again the Irish Cancer Society that could direct me and you know that my feelings were normal etc and that yes. was really really helpful mm. and uh, we have to mention Mauro Callaghan at the North Loud Hospice brilliant. as well who brilliant. were brilliant to you at the time and of course the, the Cancer Society that night nurse service you were all minding Brian his children yourself family held yep. out, helped out his brother but that night nurse service you could not say could you how invaluable Nothing. that was to you absolutely not you know yesterday I was listening to you Jerry, and you had your friend Brian on talking oh, yes. about that beautiful lady 
um, who is in her 90s, who's had a, or is having a horrendous experience in, in an acute hospital. And Brian, unfortunately, had a bad experience at the beginning of his chemo. He, he took pneumonia and he was hospitalised for three weeks. And it was a very bad experience for him. Um, and when he came out, he, he said to me, would you promise me that I'd never have to go to hospital again? And I thought, well, you have terminal cancer, so I can't make any promises. But I said, look, I'll do the best I can to try and keep you out of hospital. And fortunately, we were able to keep him out of hospital. And um, just he just went in for a couple of days to get palliative care set up um, to come home and, and obviously the last days of his life at home. And... I was very fearful about how I could do it. And I was, it was always in my head, Brian has asked me, you know, to die at home and how am I going to do it? And it was, it was, I was very, very anxious. And I went into the, um, in St. James's, they have a daffodil centre. And I went in there and spoke to one of the Irish Cancer Society representatives. And they said to me, but it's all going to be okay because there is a nightmare service. And, and again, with, with Morris organisation in the North Live, um, you know, you'll get all the equipment and everything will, will just happen. But Brian and myself both being business people says, how does it just suddenly happen? We need to know how it happens and where it happens. <laughs> all this yes. sort of stuff. But actually it did. And the professionalism, the care, I mean, to, listening to, to that man, Brian, yesterday, I, I was really annoyed. And, you know, the level of care that we got from the night nurse service was mm. just unbelievable. Yeah. And everything did happen. You know, when we needed a hospital bed, it appeared. Um, you know, everything just, it was amazing. And we didn't have one minute anxiety. In fact, I would say whenever Brian actually came home for his end of life, I slept the best that I did in six months because I knew that from 11 o'clock at night until 7 o'clock in the morning, there was a professional, caring, loving person there to look after him. Mm. And I didn't have to be awake. I could actually sleep and then we could get up the next morning fresh and we could nurse Brian during the day. And it's a blessing. I mean, it's it's just an absolute blessing. Mm. You have no idea about these things until you're in the situation. Yes. and. It's just amazing. Now, folks, are you listening to Antoinette Britain? That's why it's important to donate tomorrow as much as you can to the Irish Cancer Society. If it's only a euro, every euro counts. Remember that. It's wonderful. And you've just sold it there on their behalf, I have to well, say. Well, Jerry, might I add that I know that since COVID, a lot of us are not actually carrying cash around. Yeah. And um, it's really easy to make a donation online to the Irish Cancer Society website. Um, they actually have a little icon that says donate. And I actually did it myself the other day because I mightn't even be out tomorrow. And I thought, right, let's do this now. And, and, and um, basically, you just click on that give your donation. It's really, really simple. And also I want to add that in the Irish Cancer Society's services are funded through donations. That's how they're able to give people like us yes. um, a night service. That's how, I mean, I ended up having bereavement counselling as well from um, a, a Irish Cancer Society counsellor in the Gary Kelly Centre. Mm. Um, so all of these things are funded um, through donations and it's just really, really important. 
Yes. So important. Irishcancer.ie is the website. It is easy to donate there. And you make such a valid point indeed. So we're all tapping and tipping now with our cards all over the place. And that is the way to get the money directly to the society. Look, I'm going to leave it there for today. You've been marvellous. And I congratulate you on now uh, bringing Brian's experience to others and allowing others to benefit, as you say, from that. You're fantastic, Antoinette, and uh, we think of you and your family today. Not at all. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be able to do it. Thank Thank you you for joining me on the show. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Antoinette Britton there. And Brian Britton would be remembered by so many people listening to us today. He was uh, was probably the man that brought surfing as well on the sporting front to Ireland, and he was a great advocate of surfing, and he he loved it himself, and uh, it was another uh, string to his bow, and he had many strings to his bow. Tomorrow is Daffodil Day. Do your very best. Steelers wheel, Jerry Rafferty, stuck in the middle, 1972. How many times have I felt like that in my life? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am. Stuck in the middle with you, Louise. You and me, kid. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going to be either a clown or a joker there. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not at all. Anyway, timeless song. Great song, isn't it? It really does. It really has lasted the, uh, the years for sure. The Apprentice final is tonight, Louise. Lord Sugar. It actually flew. Yeah, it flew, didn't it? It really did fly by. Sugar, for the last time, will point his finger at somebody and say... Not tonight. He changes the words in the final just once. He says, you're hired. hired. Yes, rather than fired. And how many's left? Two left. Harpreet Carr takes on Catherine Byrne. Harpreet has a dessert parlour and Catherine has a pyjama shop. So, uh, it'll be... Who are you backing? uh, I have a feeling that Catherine Byrne will win with the pyjamas, even though, through the process... I would never have seen her get into the final. Her business plan last week, she's Louise. And they were called out on their business plans big time. Harpreet, in my opinion, is the better candidate with the dessert parlour. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens uh, because I think there was an issue last week. I'm not really sure it was her, her sisters involved in that business as well. You know what I mean? I think that was a, a bit of an issue. But anyway, I'm looking forward to tonight. Feet, feet up and TV not to be missed. Nine o'clock tonight, BBC One. Heading to news, weather and sport at three on late lunch. Afterwards, my soundtrack, a great song from The Commitments. And we catch up with Lou Bahili, Ukrainian woman living in Trim. Now, The Commitments is my featured movie this week and its soundtrack and my song today, a little bit about it. In the summer of 1966, while at a DJ convention that was being held in Memphis, Tennessee, Dan Penn and Chips Moman were cheating when playing cards with Florida DJ Don Schroeder. And they decided, you know what, we'll write a song about this and we want to come up with the best cheating song ever. So they adjourned to a hotel room and it was the hotel room of Quinton Clanch, founder of High Records. And he said, look, you can use my room, fellas, on one condition. You give me that song for James Carr. They said deal and they kept their word. The song, lyrics and all, was written in about 30 minutes. Soul artist James Carr, as promised, first recorded the song in late 66 and it became his trademark song, reaching number 10 on the Billboard Top 100 in the States. Six months later, 
fellow soul singer Percy Sledge, now there's a name for you, included his version of the song on his 1967 album, The Percy Sledge Way. But it didn't chart as high as Carr's original. And then, in 1991, it reappeared in The Commitments. At the dark end of the street Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? The Dark Side of the Street from The Commitments. Yes, the uh, movie I'm featuring, the soundtrack from this week on Late Lunch. And we finish tomorrow with, uh, well, I suppose it's the signature song from uh, the movie and I'll have more about it for you round about this time on the show. Message from a listener. I'm sorry to say, Jerry, it's from Frank, actually, that the top CEOs in charities have been paid far too much each year and... It leaves me anxious about contributing. Well, I can tell you, Frank, that following the rehab uh, revelations, CEOs' salaries were revised severely downwards across the charity sector. That is a fact. And they uh, reflect a more realistic pay structure now. And I want to say that clearly. And uh, the Irish Cancer Society are one of those charities. And I encourage everybody to support Daffodil Day tomorrow. Thanks for your message, Frank. Really do appreciate it to the show and glad to clarify. We spoke to her recently on the show on a couple of occasions since the war broke out in Ukraine, the Russian invasion, and she told us about her mother, Nina, and Granny Galina, who were still in Ukraine and weren't for a moving at all. She's back with us on the show. She's the production planner at Trimfold in Trim in County Mead. Luba Healy, hello again. Yeah, hi, Jerry. Good to have you with us. Thank you for joining me again. How is your mam and gran? Jerry, uh, yeah. Um, update on my mam and gran uh, is um, getting um, getting more stressful and stressful, but they keeping uh, strong. Uh, my mom uh, now uh, at the moment only last night uh, they have to um, the sirens went uh, at two o'clock in the morning and uh, didn't go off until seven. So she has to um, she has to put my nan into the wheelbarrow, move her to the neighbors into the basement, then lift her to, on her shoulders and bring her down. And they were sat there for five hours. Uh, and then she has to lift her back up again, move her again, and brought her, bring her into the home. And Nana was Nana was crying again and complaining about pains and more painkillers. Mm. But Jerry, they're not the worst one. My mom is very very strong lady, and I admire her for her positivity and for everything what he does to try to keep her her mom. Uh, strong and herself mm. so um, battles um, uh, for freedom uh, happening now uh, closer they're about an hour away from them uh, but uh, they they are ready to move um, further um, if they have it. to so they may they have, have to, to yeah they may have to leave home and move away from the fighting as it yeah. approaches you're telling me yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I even asked my mom another day, I said, what is your plan? Where are you going to move? She said, I have to stick with people. We have nowhere else to go, but uh, we just have to um, 
We have to move and we will move if if it's necessary. Yeah, and your mother is 70, I want to remind listeners, and Galena, your grandmother, is 98 years of age. And yes. when you just think of what they're going through at the moment, it's horrendous. Now, we have to say on this side of things, in Trim, my God, the response uh, to the appeal from Trimfold for help for the refugees on the Polish-Ukrainian border has been unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yes, we, uh, as you, you know, that we work, uh, I'm working in Trimfold envelopes, and we said, what can we do? And uh, we didn't want to uh, knee jerk uh, and try to organize everything properly. So we have uh, set up marquees outside in safe place, and um, with um, help of Brefany Couriers, uh, TPN and Pallet Network, who's collecting uh, uh, pallets boxes every single day from us, and outstanding help of uh, uh, Menshed here in Trim County Mead, and fantastic volunteers who just come in and do the job and try to put smile on their face and um, being cheerful and thankful to everyone who come to our gate from uh, 10 to 2 uh, to try to uh, support um, uh, our uh, relief appeal for uh, refugees and um, people who were left behind. Yes, and I want to say to people that it, it's open there, the drop-off at Trimfold from 10 o'clock to 2, Monday to Friday, and you're looking for, I just see the list here, Food, uh, you know, non-perishable, uh, personal hygiene products, medical uh, toys. But that basically covers off what, what you're looking for from people. Absolutely. We have everything on our website. We all, always, if we catch uh, somebody, uh, we always take the picture if they would like to. And uh, we sharing that on our uh, Facebook page and Look, if anybody, uh, I had a few phone calls that people working from 10 to 2, um, I would personally will accommodate people if it need to be. Uh, I'm just so grateful that um, they open their hearts and doors and pockets and um, try to help people in need. And also we, um, some um, some uh, products that a transport company wouldn't allow us to um Pack and uh, because could be spillage, could be something else. We have a, um, a, a local, sorry, um, local uh, charities taking other stuff. Okay. Also, yeah. Also, another uh, uh, another um, uh, charities uh, who um, have base based in Blanchestown had about three hundred refugees there. They had their deliveries today for a charity call in power. So everything what people uh, get into us, it gets gets yes. into the right hands straight to the. Uh, yeah, that's great to hear. I, 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 yeah, yeah, we hear what you're saying. If there are if there are yeah. items donated that don't fall within the categories for transport, Absolutely. they are going yeah. directly to Ukrainian refugees who are now uh, coming to Ireland and have to be cared for here. The other thing I didn't mention, and it's worth mentioning, lots of people should of course brought their pets with them, especially dogs. And if there is pet food, if you have pet food as well, dry pet food in yes. tins or dry food, that'll be welcome as well again to be dropped into trim 
Trimfold and the website is trimfold.ie all the information is there and you can see what, what, what's being looked for it must give you some solace to feel the love uh, at this awful time for you Luba Absolutely. It's, um, I will um, pop into the guys now and again because I have to uh, work um, inside yeah. and it just, it's, it's make me feel so warm. It's pleasant to see how people care about other people even they don't know them. Yes. It's, it's humanity absolutely moving. Absolutely. Humanity is the word. We are all one human race. There is no need. There should not be war. There should not be conflict. And I say it again, this conflict must stop. This must stop soon. And please, that we get talking round tables or whatever it takes and sort this out. Stop the killing. Stop the killing. Please, I make that appeal again from this little seat I sit in here on this island off the western coast uh, of Europe. Look, Luba, I wish you well. We're thinking of your mam and gran and everybody else there today and we all we can do is support you in whatever way we can. Well done to you. Thank you so, so much, Jerry, for having me and thank you to everyone who involved, volunteers, people who are uh, donating and people who care, uh, caring and uh, we feel your love and feel your care and um, all what I can say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank ah, you. you are to very all. welcome. Take care, Luba. We'll talk again, Thanks. I'm sure, soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Luba Healy there, Ukrainian lady, living and working in Trim and County Mead, overwhelmed by the support. It is absolutely fantastic. Coming up on Friday's Late Lunch, Nick Edmund. He has some story to tell us top of the show tomorrow. That's all I'll say to you. We have our book club tomorrow. Irene Gahan joining us to review the books. Tara Walker's in the kitchen with another spring dish. David Sheehan looks ahead to the weekend in spring. We're going to catch a word with Paddy Rush this Lent time. I've our TV themes and another comedy uh, crack for you tomorrow on the show. But we leave you today with Eddie Caffrey raring to go with the drive in a few moments' time. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. We say goodbye this Thursday with Tom Grennan. Swimming in the deep end, trying to find my way back to you because I need a little bit of love. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.